It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, tax-protected inheritance plans, new businesses, and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, FLPs, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like guardianships, probate, and our new attorneys can handle your litigation matter. Our staff includes uh, me and two other attorneys, Daniel Palmer and Alex Vollmer. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas wants attorneys to talk about the law with uh, consumers, but we can't give specific legal advice because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are ever-changing. So material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information here should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Michael Gonzalez, Steve Ramirez, and me give good information to the listeners about financial planning, insurance, and investments today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so today's show is about financial planning. Our guests, Michael Gonzalez, Steve Ramirez, uh, with Mass Mutual Capital Strategies Group, will talk to us about how financial planning can lead to financial freedom. There are four segments to today's show. Uh, the first segment will be getting to know our guests, Michael and Steve. Uh, the second and third segments will be about financial planning, insurance, and retirement, uh, and investments. And the fourth segment is about legacy. After um, we talk about legacy, then I'll, I'll let you know what's on the agenda going forward. Uh, Michael Gonzalez is a financial services professional with uh, Mass Mutual Capital Strategies Group. Uh, he was the 2005 Leaders Conference Qualifier, the 2005 MetLife Resources Rookie of the Year, and he is a lifelong resident of San Antonio. He's married. He has three children. Uh, We'll learn a little bit more about him later. 
And with us also is Steve Ramirez. He's a registered financial services professional with Mass Mutual, also Capital Strategies Group, also. Uh, he earned the MetLife Superstarter Award in 2008 and the MetLife Platinum Sales Achievement Award January 2009, May 2009, October 2009. He has the LUTCF designation since 2011, and he's been uh, MetLife Leaders Conference 2015, 2016, and 2019. We'll learn a little bit more about him, too. But first, let's talk with Michael. How are you? I'm great, Todd. Thanks for having us on the show. Really I'm glad the to have you. You're welcome. I look forward to learning all about financial planning from you guys. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, so tell us about your time here in San Antonio and how you got started in uh, financial planning. Sure. So my background is my dad is actually a Cuban immigrant. He came here in 1960 and got drafted into a program for Cubans at the time into the U.S. Air Force. So we traveled around quite a bit, lived in places like Panama, here in the States, and uh, California, Florida, Hawaii, Ohio. But my dad retired here in 1980, so he then went to work for the post office. But I've been a resident of San Antonio since 1980. Went to high school here, John Jay High School, class of 84, many moons ago, and graduated from UTSA um, back in 1988. Got my bachelor's degree in criminal justice with a minor really? in legal studies. Never used my degree like you did, Todd. <laughs> but that was my, my first plan was uh-huh. to, to go into law school. Didn't quite work out. And I was getting married uh, in 1988 to my wife, so I had to get a job. Mm-hmm. So basically, I started looking around, ended up in, in retail management for about nine years. And during all that time, I was like, you know, I really want to do something better and, and see what I can do to help other people. So I, little by little, started trying to get into the insurance and financial services business. And in 1997, I got the opportunity to do that. Um, one of the colleagues that I worked for in a previous job, his brother ran the local Mutual of New York office and sent in my resume and they recognized my name and I got hired. So that was kind of my beginning working with individuals and families and business owners to to help them out with um, all the insurance and financial services that we offered. Was there a couple of years and then ended up working um, at Alliance Bernstein as an internal wholesaler for about four or five years working mostly with people like Steve and I, brokers okay. and, and representatives, and said, you know, really, I want to get back into the business where I'm, I'm working with individuals and families and businesses again. So opportunity came up in 2004, in December um, of that year, with this company called City Street Travelers, which was hiring for someone to work in the K-12 through and higher education market. And I think mostly I got hired because I spoke Spanish. But anyway, I got into the opportunity working with a lot of folks in the school districts and such. And from there... Basically, MetLife bought our company in 2006, so that was kind of the references that you see as a lot of mm-hmm. MetLife. And then Mass Mutual purchased the MetLife Salesforce in 2016, so we're now Mass Mutual um, is our our firm. Capital Strategies is our general agency. But along the lines, you know, acquired my insurance licenses and my securities licenses, so I'm, I'm a registered representative investment advisor representative and also have a series seven so for the financial planning aspect of things you know doing holistic financial planning for clients great you're a pretty loyal guy You've been <laughs> with the same company yeah. it just changed its name it's exactly right that's what i tell people the company changed around me but I, i'm still doing the same thing i'm the same person i just have a different company logo behind me <laughs> yeah okay well let's switch gears a bit and uh, find out a little bit about steve 
How did you get into the business? Yeah, thank you, Todd. Um, you know, my family, a little bit about my, uh, my family. We're originally from Columbia. Um, I'm first generation, uh, born here in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, but lived most of my life here uh, in San Antonio growing up. Graduated from uh, the international school at Lee High School, the Magnet School, um, and then went on to graduate from Texas A&M College Station uh, with, a, with a degree in inter- international relations and a, and a minor in Spanish. Um, you know, how I got started in, in, um, with this is, truthfully, you know, my dad, when I graduated out of college, I was in a job that really wasn't going anywhere. My dad told me, hey, you know, just give it a try. And I, truthfully, I swore I would never do it, but it was a true blessing when I did because I actually met my wife there. Um, when, I, when I decided to, to, you know, start taking my exams, get my licensing and all uh-huh. that. Um, and thank goodness, thank goodness I did because, um, thank God really, because it's been a true blessing like I mentioned. Um, I'm really good at it and it's a plus that I get to help out families and small business owners, is, um, you know, reach their goals. Awesome. Yeah. Can one or both of you tell us a little bit about Mass Mutual? Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, so um, you know, Mass Mutual is um, it's an American company. It's truthfully withstood the test of time. They've been around since 1861. Uh, their main headquarters is in Springfield, Massachusetts, and Phoenix. Hence the name. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's really Massachusetts. Mutual. Mutual. Yeah. They put it Correct. together. <laughs> Correct. Um, you know, they're, they're a mutually held company, meaning they're not publicly held. They're not answering to shareholders or Wall Street, um, just our board members and each policyholder is uh, who they answer to. Um, extremely conservative. They've been, again, around since 1861. They've withstood the test of time. So, um, you know, you can, you can almost 170 years, you can say um, that they're not going anywhere. Great company. Well, since 2008, everybody has to ask of their financial services company, sure. you know, are you going to be around? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so that's good to see that it's stood the, the test of time. Yeah, and and then also Capital Strategies is our general agency. So we're actually a mass mutual firm. So we have offices here in San Antonio. Our main office is in Austin. We've got offices in Corpus and also in uh, Lubbock. Um, and then Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay, we also have Mexico. an office there, wow. which I know you've got a connection to, to New yeah. Mexico. And in Austin, Capital Strategies was voted – one of the best places to work several years in a row. So we've got a real good family culture um, at our firm, and Steve and I work real well together with our clients, and we have other advisors in our firm that we work with because, like you mentioned before, you know we're, we're, we're good at a lot of things, um, but we complement each other very, very well in different aspects when we're helping our clients out to get to the best solutions. Truthfully, we have a team effort. Um, you know, if we don't have a specialist in one, you know, we'll go down to the next office and and, uh, and they may be an investment specialist or a long-term care specialist. So we make sure that the client's needs are always met, depending on everybody's uh, expertise. Two heads are better than one. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, if you're just joining us, this is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt, and we're talking to <clears throat> Michael Gonzalez and Steve Ramirez uh, about financial planning. And we're about to take a break. After the break, we'll be talking about uh, – types of typical goals of financial planning, uh, the biggest financial questions, retirement, uh, diversification, rebalancing. Um, So uh, stay tuned after that break. Uh, But first, what are some of the biggest financial questions you hear? I think the biggest thing we hear is what 
do I need to do to start saving for retirement and how do I go about doing that? You know, a lot of folks have misconceptions about I have to save uh, in my work only through a 401k if I have one. If I don't, I have to have an IRA. It's okay to have different types of investments, pre-tax mm-hmm. and after-tax. I think uh, another thing that you look at is, you know, how should I invest my money? Should I be aggressive, moderate, conservative, somewhere in between? And, of course, it depends on the person, um, and and we kind of tailor everything to look at for for financial planning on the retirement side for that. And then we look at the protection products as well, making sure that they've got adequate life insurance, disability insurance, long-term care, and that's kind of where Steve and I, you know, complement each other very well on that part as well. Okay, well, don't tell anybody what to do yet because... Uh, We want them to stick around and come back and, and listen more after this break. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. We're here with Michael Gonzalez and Steve Ramirez uh, with Mass Mutual Capital Strategies. And we're talking about retirement, investments, uh, insurance. And before the break, uh, Michael talked a little bit about retirement and some options, some questions that people have. Uh, So let's get back to that and and go into a little bit more detail about retirement. When should somebody start planning for retirement? When should they start saving for retirement? That's a great question, Todd. I always tell my clients, start as early as you can because years are going to go by and you say, wow, I wish I would have started 10 years ago. If you've got $25 a month to invest, $50 a month, start with that and then try to build yourself up from there. You know, other times you'll look and say, well, I've got uh, money coming from um, a source of income that I wasn't planning on, an inheritance or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, there's always opportunities to put money to work. But the earlier you start, the better, because you can take advantage of compounding interest over time. And the longer you have it, if you start with a smaller amount, it'll grow to a bigger amount, even with ups and downs in the markets, typically, versus having to wait a long time or being forced to wait a long time and then trying to invest and you have to put more away and be more aggressive to reach your goals. Yeah. Wasn't it Einstein that said the most powerful force in the universe is compound interest? That's (laughs) correct. Yeah. So what if uh, I forgot to uh, start saving early? Um, Take that one. uh, I mean, truthfully, I mean, you always want to start earlier just because, like Mike said, compound interest. But if you if it's later in life, um, still saving anything you can is only going to benefit you. Just so, get started. Exactly. Just and make it a line item. Make it a budget item so it's it's out of sight, out of mind every month. It's coming out, whether it's a 401K or, or an individual investment account. Uh, make it part of your budget, and it's out of sight, out of mind. It's going in 
And uh, but by the by the time you know it, it's going to grow into a substantial amount. Yeah, I think the retirement account should be something we're proud of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, exactly. Because that's uh, you know after we quit our day jobs. Where's the income going to come from? Exactly. Or how are we going to have money to spend? Exactly. I always tell people that if you don't have it by the by the time you retire, you got to get back to work. So start saving early. Start saving as much as you can, so that when it does come to that time, you can have that badge of honor on you, uh, and say, "Yeah, I, you know, I saved this for me for later, so that I could relax, play golf, hunt, right, or whatever it is that you like to do." Uh, grandkids, you know. Have don't, that time. don't feel bad if you haven't gotten started because uh, even the government recognizes that because they have, actually have catch-up contributions after age 50 where they let you put more money into an IRA, 401K, 403B, 457B because they know that life gets in the way. And, you know, if you couldn't do something earlier but you're in a better position now, they'll let you put more money away. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because people that are listening might be in that category where they're – they're just now realizing the importance mm-hmm. of saving for retirement. Speaking of all those letters you just mentioned and numbers, the the 457B or, or whatever, <laughs> uh, reminded me that you've worked with teachers a lot mm-hmm. in, in your history. And uh, teachers often have um, questions about their retirement income because of uh, Social Security and TRS, can you say something about that? Sure. So in the teachers, um, they basically are paying into a retirement system called Teacher Retirement Assistance of Texas. And for the most part, in most of the school districts, they don't pay into Social Security. So they've got a set amount that goes into TRS. The state does a matching amount. They hit their rule of 80 or 90 because there's different rules for retirement now. And they can take a payout and get a lifetime pension once they retire. But if they didn't pay into Social Security or they don't have 10 full working years or 40 quarters, they might not get any Social Security. Or if they do have that amount of time, there's an offset related to that because they didn't pay into Social Security. So what I always recommend is go to Teacher Retirement System in Austin, set an appointment. Right now they're doing Zooms, but they just started doing live meetings not too long ago, I believe. Um, Get your printout on exactly what your payout's going to be, and then go to your local Social Security office, which I think there's one down the road from where we're at right now, and say, hey, this is what I'm getting from TRS. Will I, what will I get from Social Security at age 62 or, or 66, 67, whatever my full retirement age is? And they'll tell you what, what your offset is going to be. And I always tell my clients, it's better to collect something on that Social Security that you paid into versus nothing. So you know, your other choice is you can retire and go work in the Social Security system and maybe try to build that back up as well because multiple sources of income is important. If you have two pen- a pension, Social Security, and your retirement savings, that's going to help you uh, be able to maintain your lifestyle. Mike, that's yeah. on a great point there. Um, you know, when it comes to retirement planning for us, you know, we always talk about having multiple buckets, uh, multiple different avenues to how to get to that retirement income you want to live off of whether that's Social Security, TRS in the situation, any other, um, any other uh, avenue that comes in, you know, that's only going to help you out. Yeah, so they shouldn't be relying on only TRS or only Social Security. That goes for anybody. I mean, yeah. some Absolutely. people get a pension. Most pensions are gone. They just have their own 401K and Social Security. So I think anybody needs to supplement their, their main pension or their main I Social Security. I talked with uh, somebody who worked with WorldCom. Mm. Oh, the remember them? <laughs> she said my 401K was just gone, vanished. Mm-hmm. Wiped out. Yeah, wiped out. Enron, same thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot more protection in place. So back then, you know, they let people put a lot of money into company stock, and that was why those imploded. Mm -hmm. Now they only have a limited amount that you can put in company stock, and there's a lot more diversification, a lot more oversight on 401Ks, 403Bs, and so on. And even if you do have benefits with your company, maybe maybe that shouldn't be all that you have either. Maybe you should have an independent financial advisor like yourselves to look at what are the company benefits going to how is that going to play out for you do you need more you know outside the company sure and i always tell my clients maximize what you can at work if you're getting some kind of a match Absolutely. and then if you're looking at something outside that maybe you're doing pre-tax at work and they don't offer after tax we have you know roth iras that we can do on an after-tax basis that may be beneficial to you because as long as you hold it for five years and you're 59 and a half there's no taxes on that money when you take it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Uh, not having to pay taxes afterwards. <laughs> so we have IRAs and Roth IRAs and 401ks. Um, what exactly, what account is that? Is it like a, a CD? Is it a mutual fund? Is it uh, stock? Tell, tell the listeners about how can an IRA be arranged? Sure. So I think of IRA as like a bucket or a shell rather. Inside that shell, you can own a CD, a money market, a mutual fund. You can own individual stocks. You can even buy gold in an IRA if you wanted to. So that's going to determine on a traditional IRA that you're just deferring taxation till later. What Steve and I do is sit down with the clients and say, okay, what are your goals? Are you trying to get a certain rate of growth over time because you want to try to have X amount of money when you retire? We typically use a lot of mutual funds because they're very diversified and they give you a smoother ride along the way versus individual stocks uh, or bonds or things like that and building a portfolio that way. Well, you said the word diversified. Can you define that? Sure. Further, you want to tackle it? Just to touch on on what you just said too. Um, you know, one of the things that that we do uh, it is diversify, like you said. Um, but you know, whether that's earning a higher rate of return on the account or setting up an income stream for later um, with that money, one of the things that we do diversification is literally just splitting up the assets so that they're not just under one asset class. Being able to spread out the risk on the account so that if uh, one particular sector is going down, the other ones will be able to keep it up and not just, again, put all, all your eggs in one basket, if you will. Exactly. Okay. Uh, spreading out that so that your your ability to earn a, a higher rate of return over the long run is, is, is better. Okay. So that's a diversification. You can have diversification of different types of accounts. That's what you've been talking about so far. But, Steve, you also mentioned being diversified in, in – the payout, so to speak, whether it's going to be income from an annuity that you're going to spend when you're retired or whether you're going to be just taking withdrawals from another type of account. Correct. Right? Yeah. So whether that's a pension that you have from work or or a 401k that you're going to take out withdrawals or an annuity you're going to take out, um, you know, a, 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 a specified amount for the remainder of your lifetime, um, there's multiple different ways to reach that. I always like to work backwards personally. Uh, I, you know, I, when I talk to clients, they say, hey, I need this amount of money a month. Um, 
you know, whatever that may be, 8000 10000 whatever that number is, and then we work our way back with their accounts to see how are we going to get that. Is it going to be an annuity? Is it going to be an IRA? Is it going to be mutual funds? Is it going to be an after-tax account, non-qualified account? Uh, it's just how do we get to that number? That's the formula that I like to use. Yeah, begin with the end in mind. That's Correct. what Steve Covey would always say. Okay, so we talked about diversification. By the way, this is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. We're talking about financial planning with Michael Gonzalez and Steve Ramirez, uh, financial advisors with Mass Mutual Capital Strategies. And now I'd like to ask about rebalancing. Is that – tell us about what that means to you. Sure. Uh, rebalancing to me, you know, I like to put it in a simple way. It, to me, it's a temperature check. You know, for all those foodie, got, foodie people out there, um, it's literally just uh, taking a check on the, on the account, uh, whether that's done quarterly, semi-annually, whatever, you know, the client wants. Some people, they want a lot more often uh, for you to take a look at their account. But it's literally just making sure that you're their guidelines, if it's conservative – uh, aggressive, whatever that is, they're always being met. So again, I like to call it a temperature check. It's just making sure, hey, if these are your wishes that we're following them, and if not, let's tweak that, rebalance it, and get it mm-hmm. back to where they should be. And what we try to do is do it on a plus or minus 5% basis. Um, a lot of the mutual fund companies we use have automatic rebalancing, and all that really means is that you're basically going to sell your winners and buy your losers automatically. So if your stock part went up because we had a great mm-hmm. year in the market, but the bonds didn't do so good, you sell off some of the stock and buy the bonds. So it's the same sell high, buy low mentality, and it's okay. automatically doing it for you, or, or we help you to do that. Well, that's faster, I guess, if it's automatic, right? It is. Absolutely. you got to beat out some of those uh, technologies that are <laughs> speed trading, right? Yeah. And trying to time it is practically impossible. Mm-hmm. So whenever you can, you know, whenever it's a threshold, say, I don't want it to go below this amount, um, it automatically does it, and it's, again, out of sight, out of mind. Okay. Well, that's a, a great picture for rebalancing. This is Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. We're here with Michael Gonzalez and Steve Ramirez uh, with Mass Mutual Capital Strategies Group, and we're talking about retirement and investments. And now we're going to talk about insurance. Uh, And, Steve, I hear that you're the asset protection guy, so tell us uh, how insurance helps with uh, protecting assets. Well, I'm a firm believer of uh, insurance as a whole, whether that's life insurance, income protection, disability insurance, even long-term care insurance. Uh, as I'd mentioned earlier, you know, my dad's been with the, with the industry for as long as I can remember, and I've had policies on me since I was a young child. Uh, a lot of times, you know, uh, people think that insurance or life insurance, for instance, is just for death. But, you know, one of the life insurance policies I've had my entire life helped me pay for school. Um, well, say so. Tell us more. Yeah. So, How does that work? Yeah. So, you know, when I did get to, when I did get to A&M, uh, we were able to pull out a substantial amount of money. Hey, well, you got to say something about being an Aggie. <laughs> well, don't hold it against me. we got <laughs> a our lot listeners. of Aggie listeners, and uh, yeah. I forgot to mention that you were part of the A&M club. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it helped me pay for school, and, um, you know, back, back when I was in school, you know, we had to buy those big computers, mm-hmm. um, desktop computers, and those things were about 
you know, 2000 bucks each back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, I pulled out money out of my uh, whole life policy back, uh, back then to help me pay for that books, you know, board, all that. Um, but I'm a, I'm a firm believer, firm believer, whether that's life insurance or, or income protection, because, um, you know, if you pass away unexpectedly, the last thing you want your family to do is have to start collecting money or, or like a lot of families do barbecue plates or something like that. You know, you can just set aside some money monthly to be able to pay for that life insurance and be able to make sure that your income's protected as well in case something, in case something was to happen to you. Yeah, so uh, I, I do want to talk more about that because that's one of my pet peeves. I think uh, everybody should have life insurance. I mean, the, they let you buy it even if you're sick sometimes. That's correct. So, um, but I... More specifically, going back to college, you said you pulled money out of the life insurance policy. How does that work? How are you even allowed to do that? Yeah, so the, uh, the, the particular policy that I had was a whole life policy. Um, it paid dividends uh, into the policy, making the policy grow in value. Um, but it also accumulated a certain amount of money. And it still does because I still own it, and I've had it my entire life. Um, I still continue to pay on it. I don't have to pay on it anymore because now I can pay for itself because of how much has grown in there. But I took out not only on loan basis from the policy, but cash value as well. Tax-free, didn't owe Uncle Sam a single dime. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it, it was it was a true blessing. <laughs> and I continue, actually, my two youngest daughters, my three and my five-year-old, I've taken out policies on them. Pretty big policies that by the time they get to college, I'll be able to take out a substantial amount of money from them. To again be one avenue of how to pay for college, whether that's a 529 or a whole life, or it, there's again multiple different ways to get there. But that's just one one. Tell me if I'm crazy or not, but I think I heard one time that the financial aid application doesn't consider the the cash value of life insurance when they're trying to determine whether you're eligible for financial aid. Have you heard that before? Yeah, that's correct. Wow. Yeah. It's a very powerful tool. I mean, even things like 529 college savings, they're going to look at that, and that counts a little bit towards your financial right. aid. But whole life insurance, cash value, doesn't. Yeah, so you might be able to use that cash value and still qualify for financial aid, and then you get Correct. you know a bigger bang mm-hmm. for your mm-hmm. buck. And it also, you know, it also kills two birds with one stone. It, just in the awful case that something was to happen to you or, or your children in, that, in my particular situation, since I took out policies for my girls, the insurance is there to cover that. But mm-hmm. if not, you know, they live on, and I'll be able to pull out a substantial amount of money uh, later in life for them. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned whole life. Um, what, are, what are some of the other kinds of life insurance? Sure. So, um, you know, there's all the term insurance uh, is, you know, one of the policies that a lot of people take on. I like to think of term insurance as, as the most simplest way is, a, you know, uh, let's, let's just say 100000 or a $1 million for a certain amount a month. That's truthfully how that policy works for a certain amount of years. That's why it's called a term policy, 10, 15, 20 years. There's no cash value buildup. Um, there's, no, there's no other moving parts in there. If you pass away during that time, it covers. Then we have whole life, which I touched on just just a second ago, and then we have everything in between, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, universal life policies, uh, index life policies, variable universal life policies, which are market-tied um, policies, which ride the up and down of the market, but also with an insurance component with them as well. And one way to think about it is 
term insurance is like renting. You don't really get anything when it's done. No equity. Where whole life, variable universal life, uh, different types of life policies that are permanent, you own it. You get something out of it. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. That's perfect. Okay, so with life insurance, you probably have to name a beneficiary. Any tips on doing that? You know, absolutely. absolutely. When it comes to, uh, and Mike, I'm going to use my case. Um, my uh, my wonderful wife, she's my primary beneficiary, mm-hmm. and then I set up my two daughters as contingent beneficiaries, um, uh, and then I also set up uh, a guardianship actually uh, with you, Todd. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago, we went through a process of making sure that all our affairs were in order, and definitely wanted to make sure that that was something part of our our, our strategy. In case something was to happen to us unexpectedly, um, we wanted to make sure that our, if both me and my wife to go or go, our girls would be covered. So, with minor children can't receive their their uh, distribution uh, because they're minors. Mm-hmm. So, it, instead of naming them as individuals, it might be better to name the trustee as per my last will and testament. Most simple wills even nowadays will have a contingent trust in there for minor children. And so in order for that type of trust to be funded, we have to designate that trust as a type of beneficiary. So you probably have people call you from time to time asking, hey, can I update my beneficiaries Mm-hmm. And it's just a form, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, that's a weekly deal for us. It is always, almost always a form uh, because that's, you want to, you know, wherever you're putting on there, you want to make sure that they're going to follow your, uh, your wishes. Yeah. yeah. And you can name people or you can name a charity or like Correct. the A&M Club maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> as a beneficiary if, if you want uh, your legacy to, to go beyond family to some charitable cause. Exactly. Uh, the last yeah. thing you want to do is not name somebody because if not, it defaults to your estate, and then you're looking at a court and probate to decide. Who yeah, gets you what. know that that reminds me. I did have a lady. She she said I need letters testamentary. I said, oh well, that means probate. And she said, why? I said, well, it looks like that your husband didn't name a beneficiary on his retirement account at work. Well, why not? Well, I wasn't there. Don't shoot me. Uh, but the HR guy, you know, should have done something about that, you know, said you need a beneficiary or or maybe uh, your husband just didn't come up with a name quickly enough. So one of the services I offer at the law firm is uh, beneficiary mapping. You know, for people that have a lot of accounts – um, they may not really know or remember who the beneficiaries of each account are, and they might have different people. Um, you don't want to accidentally disinherit somebody, you know, because you forgot to update mm-hmm. your beneficiary. So estate planning is more than just a will or a trust. It's like, let's plan this out, exactly. right? And it's probably the same thing with you besides – you know, buying that stock or buying that insurance, it's like, let's plan this out. I like um, to think of it as a concrete roadmap for when something is to happen or sub- when something happens to you. It's a concrete roadmap that tells uh, how you want your assets to be distributed. Another time that insurance has come up in my practice is with businesses. 
Um, you know, if you have a business partner and your business partner dies um, and, and the interest that your partner owned it gets inherited by somebody else, uh, how would that affect the business? Well, now I've got a partner with somebody I don't even know mm-hmm. or that I don't trust or that I don't want to work with. Uh, so a buy-sell agreement would uh, use life insurance to purchase that those shares or that business interest so that um, the family still gets money uh, upon that death, um, but I don't have to be business partners with somebody I don't know. Mm-hmm. So do you all help fund those type of agreements, those buy-sell agreements with life insurance? Absolutely. Yeah, so when you're looking at doing those type of um, analysis on businesses and figuring out, okay, what's going to happen if I pass away? want to make sure that, you know, you figure out how much the business is worth and then put an appropriate amount of, of whole life insurance. That usually works better, but sometimes you might only be able to afford term insurance. But, you know, the buy-sell agreements are put in place exactly for those reasons. And they also have disability income policies that are buy-sell where the same someone thing. can't situation. function like they were before. God forbid something terrible happened to them. The business still continues and, and things still got to get paid. So it works exactly the same way. Especially so, if you're talking about a key person in the company or, or the business and, you know, they necessarily can't run the same without them. It's extremely important to have that in place. And since these are benefits for the business, is, is this – I know you don't give tax advice, but ha- have you heard of ways that are tax deductible? Yeah, if the corporation owns it, then you've got a lot more tax advantages when you're doing uh, buy-sell agreements and having it funded through the corporation. But we're not telling anybody to go out and do anything because uh, we have to have a, a relationship with our clients and we have to know everything about you in order to give good exactly. advice. Um, but just generally speaking, it, it probably can be done. Okay, so that's uh, advantages of life insurance. You men- mentioned disability insurance. Um, just uh, a few seconds left before our break. What exactly is disability insurance? Yeah, disability insurance or income protection, uh, I like to think of it as, um, especially in our profession, your voice, your eyes, your hands, these are the way how we earn money. Uh, and if something was to happen to those, um, you know, if you go down, there goes your way to earn your, your money, your money tree in your backyard, if mm-hmm. you will. So that's exactly what that is. It's protecting your ability to continue to earn an income if you were to go down. Well, the, doesn't the government help with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, most of the time, it's it, if you have Social Security, it usually takes about a year before you get it and you have to qualify for it and you pretty much have to be totally disabled to get anything where disability income policies kick in right away and they have different parameters on how they uh, determine your disability and how they pay out. Let me and stop even you partial. right there. We've got to take one last break. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing. 
and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. We're here talking about financial planning with Michael Gonzalez and Steve Ramirez with Mass Mutual Capital Strategies. And we've been talking about investments, retirement, insurance, and uh, Michael was just now talking about disability income and uh, how it's probably better than what what the government has for you. Social Security is hard to get. And uh, if you don't have enough quarters, then then that's another challenge, Mm -hmm. right? The SSI is not only based on your disability, but it's also based on how much you paid into the system, your assets and your income, Income. Mm -hmm. because if you have if you don't have enough quarters. So um, how does the disability policy through a company like Mass Mutual work? How is it different? Well, essentially, you're going to purchase it based on the assets that you have, your, your income, and it's going to replace a portion of your income, usually around 66% because it's tax, it's after-tax money you pay for it mm-hmm. if you own it individually, and then it, you get a tax-free benefit on there. So it's based on your income, and there are uh, parameters in that they look at that there's one called your own occupation clause, which means, for example, you're a surgeon, mm-hmm. and you lose your arms or hands, you can't perform perform surgery anymore, Mm -hmm. but you can go and teach as a professor, they'll still pay you based on your job as a surgeon, even though you can make income as a professor. Yeah, because that might not be as much. Right, so you don't necessarily have to be completely disabled. It could be, uh, in Mike's example, that own occupation, or it could be residual, or it could be anything truthfully, and it's not necessarily for just surgeons, it's for all of us, Mm -hmm. truthfully. Um, to be able to replace that income. And, Mike, you touched on something really important that, uh, important with that is that it is tax-free. So when you, if you do go on claim, um, you don't owe Uncle Sam any money on that when you start receiving that disability income. You know, I, I have a disability policy, and I, I always remember it when I was playing men's softball because somebody was always getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And I would say, y'all really need to have a disability policy because we're out here acting like kids, mm-hmm. uh, but our bodies aren't responding yeah. like kids anymore. And uh, I had a, a pitcher. He he stepped off the mound to field a ball. He hurt his knee. And um, I, I also knew somebody, uh, her husband tragically died on the diamond. Oh, my, oh my goodness. And, uh, of course, you need life insurance for that. So um, just watching all, all the people around me taught me, hey, I need to have insurance for every single mm-hmm. thing. And it's always good just to, to do a, a review of, of all those accounts and make sure they're still um, covering what they need as we uh, grow with our industries or, or our positions where we're, we're at, our income grows, for instance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we took out an income protection policy or a disability uh, policy very early in our practice, it may not cover what we're making now. So mm-hmm. it's always good to do a review, make sure, hey, is this still cover my needs or should I look at more? Or again, do that, that temperature check that I like to call, whether that's for balancing on your investment accounts or your insurance, just making sure, is it, are my needs still being covered? That makes sense. 
Okay, we've been talking a lot about uh, building up our assets through retirement and investments and protecting our assets with life insurance and disability insurance. Uh, well, what happens when we have money left after we go to heaven to be with the Lord? Well, we have to leave it with somebody else. We can't take it with us. And, and that goes to our legacy segment. That's where we talk about um, the impact that we leave or the, uh, the things that we leave to our family members that we hope that they remember us by. So, Michael, what, what's something that you've uh, received or something that you would like to give that, that has special meaning? I think mine is is twofold. You know, mine's more of a cultural thing. Like I said, my dad was from Cuba, so we have a lot of the the Cuban blood in us. That's you know very happy, outgoing. Mm-hmm. There's special holidays like Three Kings Day is coming up on January 6th, and you know that's a, that's a big celebration that. in the Latin com- American community. Um, we look at that and try to pass that on to our kids by celebrating it. Some of the foods like black beans, white rice, Cuban Delicious. sandwiches, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, part of the culture of that is also how did we get here and you know one thing that i found my dad passed away a couple of years ago and and i always remember him telling me he goes i have an open-ended ticket to go back to cuba and so you know after he passed um, i knew where it was and i looked at it and it was a ferry boat ride from key west or from havana to key west and then the part from key west back he left in 1960 never used the one to go back so my legacy is that he didn't have to go back. I was born here because of him getting drafted That's into the awesome. Air Force and, and being able to provide for his family. And, and I remember back in the 1970s when I was a kid, he was reading a book, uh, Happiness is a Stock That Doubles in a Year. And I remember him showing me about you know stocks in the, in, the, in the newspaper and how you track them and all that. You know, And he was able to start with a small investment and put his two kids through, through college. Wow. And so – do other things with that. So that the legacy is a lot of what my dad did. Of course, my mom was there to, to support him along the way. That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing sure. that. Absolutely. Okay, Steve, you're next. What, what's something you've received or something you'd like to pass down? Yeah, t- uh, two things, really. You know, making sure that um, my two lovely girls are better off than, than me and my wife were when we were growing up. Um, it's extremely important for me um, you know, not necessarily that, that they didn't they didn't struggle like we did, but just again be better off than than we were. Um, and uh, something that that's and, and not only that, but not forget where we came from. Um, you know, we, we're very privileged to be mm-hmm. where we're at now. Uh, and so that's something that's that I always try to stress on my girls: don't forget, don't forget. You know, um, don't 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 be ungrateful. You have to be thankful for everything we have. Um, the other thing too that that I I'm very, very happy about passing down onto my girls, which is fourth generation now. Um, in the summers, I would go spend summers in, in Columbia with my grandpa and my aunts and uncles, and mm-hmm. they own jewelry shops. And they do amazing, beautiful work. And I would sit on my grandpa's lap and you know create rings and jewelry wow. with him, which I still own a couple pieces. Um, but when he passed away, that workbench, that table, went to my, to my mom and aunts and uncles. From there, my mom shipped it. All the way over mm-hmm. here, uh, I have it. I used it before my girls as my as my work desk, and then after my my little ones were born, we used it as a changing table for my babies. <laughs> <laughs> and now they use it as you know their play table. But what's interesting about that table is the lap drawer is a metal. It's a metal lap drawer because mm-hmm. when you're soldering gold or silver, 
uh, all those little flakes can be remelted. Oh. So it has to be metal. And so uh, it's still there. It's the original table. This thing is fourth generation, and I'm extremely happy that it's now uh, in my girl's hands. That's an awesome yeah. story as well. Thank you for sharing it. So the purposes of financial planning that we've learned about today are make sure you have enough money to retire, make sure you uh, plan for accidental death or disability, and then when, it, when it's all over, when we go to be with the Lord, pass something down to the family. Um, that's a great thing that uh, financial planners like y'all can do and uh, an estate lawyer like I can help with. So if, if you're just now tuning in, you're listening to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt, and we've been talking with Michael Gonzalez and Steve Ramirez about financial planning. They're advisors with Mass Mutual Capital Strategies. Okay, so let's circle back around and, and talk some more about um, the different ways of passing things down. We, we mentioned beneficiaries on a life insurance policy. Uh, we mentioned a will. Um, but you can also name beneficiaries on retirement accounts and, and probably even, even a brokerage account that has mutual funds. Um, so t- tell us about how you walk somebody through uh, a typical uh, planning meeting where you're just getting to know somebody. Sure. Well, we always look at who's in your family, who's important to you, um, what do you want to have this account do for you, and what happens if you pass away, who do you want it to go to? Typically, you know, we work with a lot of families, so they'll be married, and they say, yeah, I want my spouse to to get this, and um, they'll be the primary beneficiary, and then that way they have all the rights to inherit that account and do what they they need to with it mm-hmm. to continue investing. And then we also name contingent beneficiaries. And a lot of times we'll refer to someone like Utah to set up a trust to, mm-hmm. to make sure that they get that in place as well. Um, if we're working with businesses, then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of look at the same thing, you know, making sure that, you know, who what happens to this money, who's going to get it, set things up appropriately there as well. And I guess the, the last part would be mostly looking at creating the legacy that you talk about because money can be passed on from one generation to the next and you know you're able to say okay I started with this but went to my wife she passed away went to my kids and and they're able to take that money through stretch IRAs as well. Every single meeting you know requires a unique uh, solution for each family or business owner. Mm -hmm. It's not just one cookie cut model uh, because you you just never know what's going on that particular family and by us asking questions and taking the time to get to know everyone uh, and finding out these are my goals, these are my guidelines, this is what I want to accomplish. That's how we get to that goal, whether that's uh, retirement or, hey, I've, I've got a special needs uh, child and, and we need help with that. Uh, we're here to help out, um, you know, usually partnering up with someone like yourself and making sure that, you know, those assets are protected and that uh, those children or their guidelines and goals are met. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining us. That's all for today at Talk Law Radio. Um, But we'll see you next week. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd, for having us. Thanks.
You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. 